It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, hope you're doing all right today. A special shout-out to the Holyfield Television Network. We're uh, glad to be part of their sports programming. It's official. We made our debut, and we're going to continue moving forward with that. So I want to thank all the powers that be that made that happen. I just want to give a special shout out to Fight TV and our app. If you haven't gotten our app and you want to watch Fight TV, uh, you want to watch this show on Fight TV on your handheld, download our app right now. Go to fight.tv, that's F-I-T-E dot TV slash Billy C and download our app today. Fight.tv slash Billy C. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simons to get a slice of pizza at Sal's. And I love his uh, spinach with garlic and butter. Mm, that's really good, too. Check it out www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Today's show is also being brought to us uh, in part by Gawk Box. What is it? Check it out. It helps you. It helps us. Go visit our website, www.billycboxing.com, and click on the Gawk Box banner, which is on the right-hand side, and sign up today. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Billy C., Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. versus Canelo Alvarez post-fight show, which you'll be able to watch right here live uh, as soon as that fight is over this coming weekend. So check that out. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet, is available right now where all great books are sold. You can get a copy of it by visiting barnesandnoble.com or Amazon.com. If you want to get a signed copy, visit our website, www.billycboxing.com, and I doubt you'll miss where the book is. And uh, get yourself uh, a signed copy. Just make sure you let us know uh, what's going on. Um, Still, me personally, still uh, just giddy over the fight that I witnessed this past Saturday. Anthony Joshua, in my mind, cementing uh, his number one status as the uh, world heavyweight champion, uh, knocking out Vladimir Klitschko in what I felt was a fantastic performance. It showed us a little bit of everything 
from Anthony Joshua. He had to show his boxing skill. He had to get up off the canvas. He had to show heart. He had to show no quit. And most of all, uh, he had to show that uh, he had a, was able to beat uh, a guy who uh, controlled the heavyweight division uh, for uh, uh, a decade. So uh, hats off to Anthony Joshua. I, I can't remember a more exciting fight in that division in quite some time. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, I've gotten a chance to watch the fight again, and, and I feel just the way uh, I did when we did the post-fight show. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, coming up later in the week, uh, we got our blast from the past. Carlos Zarati, another request uh, from uh, the listeners. Uh, so we'll be doing that on Wednesday. Uh, Dax Khan is scheduled to join us a little bit later. Uh, we uh, have a busy week. We'll be breaking down and giving you our thoughts on the big pay-per-view this weekend. All of that stuff is coming up uh, as the week progresses. But first, I got to bring on my broadcast partner. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, please welcome the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Famer, a Guinness Book of World Record holder, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sal Rocky Senecola. What's up, Sal? Hey, good morning, Billy, my friend. How are you, pal? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Uh, still, uh, I'm still giddy. Uh, over the uh, the big fight from this weekend, man. Uh, and, and what's your thoughts as we uh, had got a chance to digest this fight? I mean, what do you think? You know, exactly what you're sharing right now with the audience here. You know, the fight, in my mind, and, and uh, everyone, I think, it did live up to the hype. It had a little bit of everything in it. It did show the heart of two champions and uh, how the youth prevailed. I mean, his recuperative powers, I, I guess, were... Uh, a little bit uh, better than uh, Vladimir's, but uh, I'll tell you, it was a good fight. You saw a lot of action, and uh, you know, it was amazing. You and I judged the fight exactly the same. I sent you my scorecard. It was exactly the same, and that's the same fight I saw. So, yeah, it was, it was a great fight. Had a little bit of everything in it. Uh, referee Field, hats off to him, because he, uh, he stayed uh, uninvolved until he had to on certain occasions, and with the capital least, he let the guys fight their fights. And um, it was it was great. It was a great. It was one of the best heavyweight championship fights we have seen in a long time. So my hats off to both 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 those warriors. And in case you uh, missed it, uh, Anthony Joshua stopped uh, Vladimir Klitschko uh, at two minutes and twenty five seconds of the eleventh round. And uh, you know, on my scorecard, uh, like I was uh, saying to Sal when we did the post fight show, you know, I had that fight even. Uh, in that ninth round, going into that ninth round, just like Sal did, I had the fight dead even, and I and I'm saying to myself, man, these next four rounds are going to determine the fight. And uh, Anthony Joshua uh, came out and, and put an exclamation on. I was pretty surprised uh, at the uh, scorecards at the time of the stoppage, the official scorecards. Uh, two of the judges had it in favor of Anthony Joshua, uh, one ninety six to ninety three. And the other 95-93. And then the third judge had it in favor of Klitschko, 95-93. Now, at the time of the stoppage, I also had it 95-93 uh, in favor of uh, Anthony uh, Joshua. So, uh, interesting uh, uh, scorecards on that. What, what do you think, Sal? Well, same thing. I had it going into that 11th round, 95-93. And I knew Klitschko would have to either win both rounds or have a 10-8 round and 
in my mind. Uh, that is a surprise that that one judge had uh, Klitschko up. I mean, you know, the fight was was close, a couple of rounds, but I, no, I, pre- I pretty much saw the fight. You know, w- with the exception of those uh, knockdowns, you know, those those were ten eights in my card. Uh, I know uh, the gentleman on TV scored it at ten nine for whatever reason. I I, I don't know, but um, no, I, I think the two judges had it in line. I, I had the same score as you, Bill, going into that eleventh round. Well, you know, uh, some of the judge. I know Steve Farhood, and actually during the post-fight show, uh, before uh, the storm knocked us out uh, on Saturday night, uh, even our own uh, Alex Perpali uh, said that he scored the fight that round, that knockdown round when Joshua knocked down uh, Vladimir Klitschko earlier in the fight, that he scored that 10-9, just like Steve Farhood. And the reason, I totally get it. The reason is, is that Anthony Joshua ran out of gas and was hanging by a thread. And you could make a, a pretty good argument that it should have been scored at 10-9. I personally scored at 10-8, yes. um, but, uh, but it is what it is. And a, according to the judges' uh, scorecards, the one that had it uh, 96-93 uh, also must have scored at uh, uh, 10-9. The other guy had it 95-93 in favor of uh, Joshua, uh, as you and I had. Uh, going uh, into that uh, final uh, round. And then the the judge that had it 95-93 for Klitschko, the only thing I could say about that is, you know, Klitschko was landing a lot of jabs, Sal. Yes, and this was. Was one of my, this was one of my pet peeves about the scoring system today. You know, how many jabs equal a power shot? Uh, and, and then on the other hand, if a fighter is landing jabs at will during a whole round, and then the other fighter, the opponent... Uh, lands one power punch. I don't feel that that one power punch wins the round either. So, you know, like I've always said, I feel that our scoring system needs to be tightened up a little bit. What, what do you think? Yeah, of course it does. I, you know, it's going to be always, as long as we have the current scoring system, it's always going to be subject to human error or human opinion. Let's put it that way. And, you know, like I, you said exactly right. I mean, there could be a great strong argument for round five to be judged a one-point difference in a round versus a 10-8 traditionally because Klitschko came back a little bit that round, but also Anthony Joshua looked like he was just hanging on to his own balance uh, trying, to, trying to keep up. He pushed himself right out. So, you know, there could be an argument for that. As far as everything else being subject to human opinion, uh, you know, it, it's, it is what it is. Uh, I think uh, the refresher courses and getting on the same page with that, of course, in the amateurs, that jab uh, and, the, and the white portion of the glove scores, that's all the, That's all the same as a power punch, supposedly. And again, it's a matter of opinion. But in the pros, you know, yeah, there's, there's a whole round full of jabs and hitting at will. Uh, is, that in the, is that being taken away when, when one fighter lands a power shot at the end? You know, there should be some cases that they all get on the same page and uh, that they, they do come up with some consistency on that level. Yeah, you know, I mean, everybody knows what the um, judging criteria uh, is. You know, they recite it uh, all the time before big fights and, and you know, you, you talk to judges and what have you and they all know it. But we're, and, and I'm okay with it. I mean, the judging criteria yeah. is okay. But the issue that I have is the order in which we follow that criteria. That's where it becomes a gray area. You know, you have some judges that put more emphasis 
on uh, moving forward, uh, ring generalship, uh, or others uh, just on the punches, others on, you know, uh, significant punch versus, you know, you could be landing little, you know, uh, fly-like uh, Paulie Malignaggi-type shots and, and win around. You know, so there's where I think the problem lies. Uh, I think that the uh, judging order, like the uh, criteria order, there should be, you know, the, the, the number one criteria all the way to, to the end, you know, what, what gets more value, which has more value in that scoring system. And I think if we were able to tighten that up across the board, which is tough here in the States because each state has its own boxing commission. And although most of them follow the ABC rules of boxing, technically they do not have to. The ABC which a lot of people don't understand, is a volunteer, you know, it's a voluntary thing. You know, the commissions all basically are part of it, but just as Larry Hazard has said on this show many times, they don't, they don't do anything. You know, they don't really um, sink their teeth into, into anything they suggest, and they don't want to ruffle any tail feathers. So uh, uh, I, I think they need to uh, tighten up the order in which they uh, do things. Real quick, i got to take a break, Sal, but what do you think about that? Yeah, I think you're right. I think they can definitely, like I said, has not only tightening up the order, but also, like I said, everybody getting on the same page. You know, it's so funny when you were reminding me, you know, the, the being aggressive. It was it was called in my day effective aggressiveness, you know, and that's so true. You know, how, how you know, so what do you do, effective backpedaling, you know, counterpunching? But, yeah, I think if there's some kind of order that they can be on the same page, uh, you know, uh, it, it's it's something that we just got to see more consistent among the referees. I mean, among the judges that do score these fights. Hey, listen, we're going to take a short break. And uh, when we come back, I got some quotes post-fight from both uh, uh, Anthony Joshua and Vladimir Klitschko. We got some other fight results that uh, took place. Some significant fights uh, took place this weekend. We'll talk about that. We got Dax Khan coming up a little bit later. We got a lot of stuff, so don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be back uh, in about, uh, I don't know, I'm going to predict two minutes. The Billy C. Morning Show will be right back. Have you heard? Proactive Plus is faster and better than ever. Stay tuned for a million bottles. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now, back to the Billy C. Morning Show. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening to and watch. Billy C. Show, glad to be part of your day whenever and wherever you are. And uh, as usual, I'd like to give a special shout out to uh, Fight TV. Download our app for Fight TV. It's uh, Just go to fight.tv slash Billy C. That's fight, F-I-T-E dot TV slash Billy C. And don't forget, uh, if you're heading in the uh, direction of the state of Georgia, swing by my man Sal's place. That's right especially if you're in the WGIG Brunswick, Georgia area, uh, and that's one of our affiliates down there, uh, definitely stop by. All the information on his website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. And Sal's with me now. And Sal, I got a couple of uh, 
quotes uh, from Anthony Joshua and Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, first, we'll do uh, Klitschko. And, and you know, you, you know, you know what, Sal? Before I read these quotes, one of the most uh, I don't know enlightening uh, issues of this fight was the fact that there was no BS. What we had was two class acts, no doubt about it, class acts in this fight between Anthony Joshua and Vladimir Klitschko. Both gave each other props. Both acted like gentlemen in the press conferences and everything else. And it goes to show you, and by the way, boys and girls, 90,000 tickets were sold in a, in a couple of hours for this event. Wow. It just goes to show you that you don't need to say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and, and make these shallow promises. Even Paulie Malinaji <laughs> was trying to convince people during the broadcast on Showtime that, uh, oh, you got to talk smack to sell tickets. No, you don't. Uh, Anthony Joshua and Vladimir Klitschko proved that you do not have to be an idiot in order to sell tickets. What do you think, Sal? Well, you just said it right there, and I was going to tell you. Fans know a good fight that they want to see. And this was a great fight, a great matchup, and fans wanted to see this fight. So, yeah, you just advertised the fight. I could see some of the promotions, some of the things here. That, uh, but, but you know what? What you just said is a mouthful. These were two class acts. And you want to know something? Guess what we didn't hear at the end? No excuses. These were two gentlemen. They gave it their best for that evening, and there were no excuses. You're right. You're right. And here's some quotes from both uh, of the fighters right now. Uh, Vladimir Klitschko said, and you can't ask for a better statement than this after you just lost and lost by knockout. He says, uh, the best man won tonight, and it's an amazing moment for boxing. Anthony was better than I. It's really sad that I didn't make it tonight. Uh, I was planning to do it. It didn't work. But all respect to Anthony Joshua. Of course, we will have a rematch. Of course, we have a rematch in the contract. <laughs> I need to analyze and see what the heck happened. I wish I could have had my hands raised, but congrats to him. He got up, he fought back, and he won the titles. Um, before I read uh, Anthony Joshua's uh, statement, I, I know Vladimir Klitschko is, is in the driver's seat in terms of being able to make another quick $20 million for a rematch. But personally, Sal, and and money aside, there's nothing left to prove. The, the rematch, to me, would have only really made any difference if Anthony Joshua lost the fight. You know, by Klitschko uh, losing and losing by knockout, is there as much demand for a rematch? What are your, what's your quick thoughts? My thoughts were... If uh, Klitschko won this fight, there would have been a demand for a rematch. What we saw is Anthony Joshua win this fight in a in a notable fashion by stopping his opponent. And, you know, yes, you can make an argument. Going into the eighth round, you and I both had it a tie, had it a draw. And uh, I, I gave Anthony Joshua the ninth and tenth, and in the eleventh, he just put his signature punches together and boom, that was the end. I don't know if I'd like to see a rematch on this level, and only time will tell. Uh, I, I do not really think it's, it's going to be one that uh, um, is necessary uh, at the risk of, or cost of uh, uh, Vladimir Klitschko's health. Um, because I, I tell you what, what I saw the other night, I was pulling for Vladimir Klitschko when I first saw him drop down. Uh, to me, I first wanted you know both fighters. It was a great fight. But I, I found myself pulling for Vlad uh, after he got dropped. And, uh, you know, I don't want to see him get hurt. And 
I think Anthony Joshua may have his number because Anthony Joshua is only going to improve and get better and better, I think. I agree. And he, he got better and better during the fight. So uh, the fight. Anthony, Anthony Joshua had this to say, which, uh, you know, really answers any criticisms. And we're going to be getting Dax Khan on here uh, a little bit later. And he was a little critical of uh, Anthony Joshua uh, during the post-fight. Uh, but Anthony Joshua, and, and I love his, his post-fight comments out because he said this, I'm not perfect, but I'm trying. He says, I got a bit emotional because I know I have doubters. I'm only going to improve. Sometimes you can be a phenomenal boxer, but boxing is about character. When you go into the trenches, that's when you find out who you really are. I came out and I won. That's how far I had to dig. I came back and I fought my heart out. As boxing states, you leave your ego at the door and you respect your opponent. A massive shout-out to Vladimir Klitschko for taking the fight. I don't want to say too much because I don't know if he wants to come back and fight me. He's a role model in and out of the ring. Tyson Fury, uh, where, you are, uh, where you're at, baby. Uh, where you at, baby? He says, come on. That's what they want to see. I just want to fight everyone. I'm really enjoying this fight right now. Um, uh, another wow. class act. Response. Wow. My, my only thing is, forget Tyson Fury. I, I want to see him fight Deontay Wilder. I am so sick of Deontay Wilder pounding his chest and saying he's the best heavyweight out there. And who does he look in the fight? He's going to fight. He's, he wants to fight Tony Bello, who's basically a cruiserweight, or, or, or Joseph Parker uh, for another title. I mean, it's clear that Anthony uh, Joshua is the best heavyweight. Deontay Wilder wouldn't last with him. He really wouldn't, Sal, because... The way the body work uh, of uh, Anthony Joshua takes uh, his opponents, breaks his opponents down, he'll destroy that skinny little body of, uh, uh, of uh, Deontay Wilder. And let me tell you another weapon that Anthony Joshua uses fantastic that will also be uh, something that Deontay Wilder will be extremely susceptible to, and that is the uppercut. We almost watched oh. Vladimir Klitschko's head come off his shoulders oh, with that uppercut. Man. That was the beginning of the end for Vladimir Klitschko. And anybody that says that Vladimir Klitschko doesn't have a good chin doesn't know anything about this sport. He displayed a granite chin and tons of heart. What was your thoughts of the uh, uh, post-fight comment by Anthony Joshua and then uh, about the Wilder uh, situation, Sal? Well, I'll tell you what. He, you have two class acts, as you just said. Uh, Anthony Joshua's comments were right on, or as they say, spot on. And uh, I, uh, I admire his comments. They were very good, well, well said. And, uh, and Vlad's comments, well said. You had two class heavyweight champions in this ring that night that uh, gave the fans exactly what we wanted to see, a good impact. And as far as Deontay Wilder, you know, uh, I, I like Wilder. He's a good fighter. Is he the best? I don't think he's the best. And you know what? I would love to see him challenge and, and want to fight Anthony Joshua because that would then, if he can press me with that victory, uh, then, then I'll shut my mouth on that. But yes, I think we should see before any other fight. I would love to see Deontay Wilder face Anthony Joshua in the old square circle. Well, listen, there's no doubt. If Deontay Wilder beats, it's very simple to 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 say who the best heavyweight in the world is as of right now. If Deontay Wilder beats Anthony Joshua, and uh, Deontay Wilder is the best heavyweight. Case closed. Absolutely. That you know, closed. I, I mean, right now, Anthony Joshua is the best heavyweight in the world today. 
There's no doubt about it. He not only uh, fights the uh, better opposition. Hey, listen, his resume, even though he's only got 19 fights, is 10 times better than Deontay Wilder's red resume. I don't care what anybody says. Even the guys that don't have flattering records on Anthony Joshua's uh, resume are better fighters than the guys that don't have flattering records on Deontay Wilder's uh, resume. So Deontay Wilder does not... Uh, I, 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 just because he says he's the best and just because he pounds his chest and just because he signed with Al Heyman doesn't mean he's the best. He needs to prove that he's the best, Sal, and he needs to go after Anthony Joshua right now like we talked last week. He's got to say to his team, hey, I want to fight Anthony Joshua. And his team's going to say, Dante, you're not good enough. He's going to say, I want to prove I'm the best. I want to prove, and he's going to make it happen. It's, if it doesn't. If he says, well, my team wants me to fight little old Tony Bello or, uh, you know, uh, not proven, you know, uh, just a trinket holding Joseph Parker, uh, then fine. That will explain and, and define Deontay Wilder as what he is. And and uh, listen, he's got heart. He's got a he really wants to be good. But as far as uh, a world champion, he's a fraud. He's a built up. He, he's basically a harder day fall character. And uh, everyone knows it but him. So, uh, truthfully, that's the fight I want to see right now in the heavyweight division, Sal. Deontay Wilder against Anthony Joshua. That will be for the world heavyweight title. And then there'll be no excuses. What's your thoughts? I would love to see that fight. I think that should be the next course of action. And if Vlad still wants to hang on and, and uh, let him fight the winner, uh, that might be interesting. But, uh, no, I want to see the same fight. Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder. That's the heavyweight championship fight that we should see next. End of story. Yeah, I, you know, uh, you know, I, with Dax Khan is going to be coming on in a little bit, and he he honestly feels Deontay Wilder could beat Anthony Joshua because of his hand speed. I, you know, the the thing is, is that Deontay Wilder, he's shown his hand speed once. He's shown his his jab and utilization of his height and arm reach once, and that was against Berman Stavern. Since then, he's tried to just blow away his opponents, and that's not going to work with Anthony Joshua. And, and I'm telling you right now, the bodywork and uppercut of Anthony Joshua will knock out Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder will not go as far as Klitschko did against Anthony Joshua. Will not happen. Uh, you could bet the ranch on that. Uh, some other fights that took place this weekend that I'll uh, uh, mention real quick. Uh, also on that card, on the undercard of the Anthony Joshua-Vladimir Klitschko fight, in a IBF featherweight eliminator, uh, Scott Quigg won a 12-round unanimous decision over Voriel Simon to improve to 33 wins, one loss, and a couple of draws with 24 coming by knockout. Uh, the way the judges scored it, 117-111 twice, and one judge had a little closer, 115 uh, 113. Voriel Simon drops to 21 and 1, losing for the first time in his career. Now, uh, uh, Scott Quigg goes on to uh, challenge uh, the IBF champion, Lee Selby. Also, in another eliminate fight in the lightweight division, uh, Luke Campbell uh, scored a ninth round stoppage over Darles Perez. Uh, in uh, uh, Listen, that was a great matchup. Uh, Darles Perez, uh, a good fighter. Uh, losing for the second time in his career. He drops to 33-2-2 with 21 knockouts. And uh, Luke Campbell, uh, taking uh, all matters in his own hands, wins. Uh, he improves to 17-1 with 14 knockouts. He now has uh, a fight 
with uh, WBA world champion Jorge Linares. In some other action that took place over the weekend, uh, a fight that I said when we were breaking this fight down on Friday, I said, listen, uh, I know Carlos, I was asked uh, via an email car about Carlos Zambrano, and I said, Carlos Zambrano is a good fighter, but the, the uh, fact that he's been out of the ring so long will show up in this fight. I certainly didn't think it was going to show up as quickly as it did because Claudio Murillo knocked him out in 90 seconds to improve to 22 wins and one loss with 16 knockouts. First round stoppage, one minute and 30 seconds. Carlos Zambrano loses for the first time in his career. He drops to 26 and one with 11 knockouts. Now, the fight between Chavez and Alvarez, well, not Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. and Canelo Alvarez. I'm talking about the brothers, uh, took place over the weekend. Now, this was a rematch. In the first fight, uh, The uh, uh, Alvarez uh, won the fight uh, by a unanimous decision. Uh, Ramon Alvarez, uh, the, he, when he beat uh, Omar Chavez, they had the rematch. This time, Omar Chavez not only won the fight, he knocked him out in a pretty much of a brutal fashion. Omar, the businessman, Chavez improves to 20, uh, I'm sorry, 35 wins, three losses and a draw with 23 knockouts. Uh, Raymond uh, Alvarez drops to 24-5-2. and two. Um, The big question now is, which fight is going to happen this weekend when we start talking about Canelo Alvarez going up against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr.? Can Jr. do the same thing uh, his younger brother did? Uh, time will tell. One other fight that took place on Saturday, uh, we had a, uh, a title change hands. Uh, Dante uh, Nietes improved to 40 wins, one loss, and four draws when he now uh, when he beat uh, uh, a uh, 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 I, I'll try to pronounce his name, Comgrick uh, Natapech, uh, to take his uh, uh, to take the vacant IBF World Flyweight title. Uh, took place in the Philippines. Natapetch drops to 22-4. and four. The way the judges saw it, two of them had it, 117-111. One had it closer, 115-113. And in the co-made event, an exciting fighter, Mark Magseo, improved to 16-0 and 0 with 12, no uh, 12 knockouts when he scored his 12th knockout against Isa uh, Nemepechi, who drops to 24-8-4. and four. Um, On Friday night, in a fight that uh, hopefully a lot of you guys watched through our app on Fight TV. Uh, and, and I, you know, I, I didn't think that uh, Pulov would knock out uh, Johnson, but I give uh, Kevin Johnson some credit. He did come to fight. Uh, he fought a boring fight, but he fought to stay on his feet, and he accomplished that. Pulov wins by unanimous decision in Prusa 23-1 and one with 13 knockouts. Uh, the way the judges scored it, 120-108 twice, 119-109. Uh, Pulev uh, picked up his fifth straight win. And uh, Kevin Johnson, well, he's lost seven out of his last nine fights, um, which uh, he's only got eight losses. So, uh, you know, he drops to 30 wins, eight losses, and a draw. Uh, one other fight that took place on Friday uh, in the Super Featherweight Division, Casey Ramos improved to 24-1. and one, uh, And uh, uh, Miguel uh, uh, Beltran uh, fought a uh, pretty uh, close fight. But at the end, uh, Ramos wins. Beltran drops to 31 uh, and six with 21 knockouts. The way the judges scored it, 97-93, uh, 96-94 twice, uh, giving uh, uh, Ramos the uh, uh, unanimous decision uh, win. And that's what took place uh, on uh, uh, inside the boxing ring with some other uh, fights. What's your thoughts on 
Chavez versus uh, Alvarez, uh, the brothers. What's your thought on that one, Sal? Yeah, I'll tell you. We, uh, I was wondering why they wouldn't showcase and have that fight before uh, as a co-feature or, or a semi-wind-up uh, with the with the uh, the two superstars that during the ring this weekend. But then again, you know, you, you think about the emotional. Well, my brother just lost or whatever the heck. Yeah, we we don't want any excuses. So a week in between, I can understand very well. I, you know what? Does it deserve or warrant a rubber match between these two guys? I don't know. What do you think? Um, I don't think so. I, I mean, listen, no, if people want to see it, fine. You know? Um, but uh, we'll uh, we'll see what happens with that. But listen, I actually ran over my time here, so uh, we're going to take a short break. We are scheduled to have uh, my man uh, Dax Khan stop in and uh, give us his final thoughts on that fight. And uh, we got plenty of time later this week. We will be getting uh, visits from time to time from Dax and Alex and uh, the rest of the gang. Uh, we got Larry Hazard coming on later in the week. So we got a busy week scheduled. But first, uh, Sal, let's take a short break. And uh, when we come back, uh, we'll have uh, Dax Khan with us. So uh, we'll be back in about two. The Billy C. Morning Show will be right back. Hey, fight fans, check out KOFantasyBoxing.com. KO Fantasy Boxing is boxing's only trademarked fantasy game. Check it out, www.KOFantasyBoxing.com. Select your own gym, your own fighters, track them through a season that can last from three months to a year, depending upon which league you join. You got to check this out, man, www.KOFantasyBoxing.com. Join it today. Again, www.KOFantasyBoxing.com. And tell them Billy C. sent ya. Now, back to the Billy C. Morning Show. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad to be with you today. And uh, we're glad you're with us today. And uh, don't forget about my book. Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet is available right now where all good books are sold. Visit our website, www.billycboxing.com. And by the way, let us know what you think. We've revamped it, and uh, we're pretty excited about it. We've got a lot of uh, great contributors uh, doing their thing. And joining uh, Sal and I right now is one of those contributors. He's an important part of this show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Welcome, my man, Dax Khan, to the conversation. Good morning, Dax Khan. Good morning, everybody. How's the day so uh, far, anyway? The day is early, but uh, I have faith that it's going to be pretty good, my man. Uh, uh, all right. You know, I know you took some heat, and I know you were very vocal uh, with uh, some of your opinions about the uh, Anthony Joshua Vladimir Klitschko uh, post-fight, which we uh, did, and I, I want to apologize to both you guys. I know you were prepared and ready to roll, but uh, unfortunately Mother Nature uh, slapped us around a bit and TKO'd us before we could finish. But, uh, Dax, what, what's your thoughts now? You know, you had a chance. I know you watched the fight again. Uh, I know you've uh, uh, probably had some time to digest uh, what took place Anything change, or are you still uh, being mean and nasty to poor Anthony Joshua? I'm not being mean and nasty to poor Anthony Joshua. I'm just, listen, I don't buy into things easily anymore. Um, I see a lot of people will say, even my son says nowadays, Dad, you're getting old. You don't know things. You know, as you get older, you get smarter. 
You know, years ago, I used to get really excited about guys as they started winning, and everybody was always that guy I wanted to win. Liking a fighter and liking somebody, you know, hoping that they become something and what they actually are are two different things. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of Anthony Joshua, and I truly believe in the future he may be at the top of the heavyweight division. But understand this. Lennox Lewis, a guy, Bill, that you and I have gone back and forth about since day one, one of my favorites of all time. Even after his wins over Andrew Gulotta, Shannon Briggs, Tommy Morrison, his uh, revenge match against Oliver McCall, I wasn't sold on him. It wasn't until after the first Evander Holyfield fight that I say, you know something, this is the guy who is definitely the king of that division. Why? Because Holyfield had that better resume. Paul Williams, this is another guy who I was a huge fan of. I am now. A lot of people were comparing him to Tommy Hearns. And I'm saying to myself, why? Because he's a six foot one welterweight with a KO streak. Who did he knock out? He certainly didn't beat the guys of the quality Tommy Hearns did. And what happened? A short while later, after people are telling me how I just dislike and I hate him, what happens? Paul Williams loses to Carlos Quintana. Would Tommy Hearns have ever lost to a guy named Carlos Quintana? Of course not. Joe Calzacchi, after the Jeff Lacey fight, I wasn't convinced that Joe Calzacchi was even anywhere near a great fighter. It didn't take until he dominated Mikel Kessler that I say, you know what, this guy's made me eat crow one too many times. On the other hand, Bill Sal, people say to me, well, Dax, how are you going to come around? And we've heard you many times say Vassal Lomachenko is one of the best fighters you've ever seen. He only has 10 fights. Why? Because in those 10 fights, he's faced five world champions. None of them were past their best. Their combined record is 267, 25, and 13. He has four Olympic gold medals. I've seen him shut down guys who have shut down some top pound-for-pound fighters. That's why I think it has nothing to do with Anthony Joshua. It's just, you know what, you have a long time to go, and there's a lot of guys out there who are going to make you answer some questions. Vladimir Klitschko brought upon a lot of questions that weren't there before this fight. So it has nothing to do with not liking Anthony Joshua. It just happens to be, I'm a realist. I'm not easily sold. If I was easily sold, you know what? My son would have everything that he ever wanted, and I'd be walking around wearing nothing but rags instead of nice, fancy Billy C. T-shirts. <laughs> I'm glad That's I'm glad to great. see that he's finally wearing some good clothes with the Billy C. T-shirt, right, Sal? But uh, I, I tell you something, though, Dax. I, I, I get it, and and, and you're, you're, you're right in a sense, but... You know, we've talked about this many, many times. And, you know, the bottom line is you, you, you can't criticize a fighter today who basically fights everyone that's available to him today. Now, I'm not suggesting that Anthony Joshua has fought everyone available to him today. He's only got 19 pro fights. But when I watch and look at his climb, and since he's been a champion, he has stepped up his game. And he arguably, and you've said it to me many times, that, that Vladimir Klitschko didn't get, uh, doesn't get the credit he deserves. And, and you made all valid points. He dominated division for 10 years, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, Anthony Joshua proved a lot to me on Saturday. You know, he, he didn't give up. You know, he showed the heart. He came back. He, he, he had that, that second burst of energy. Listen. Hats off to both the guys. I, I don't think there's a better heavyweight in boxing today. I know you think that Deontay Wilder is going to give him trouble. I say no way. Deontay Wilder certainly doesn't punch harder than Vladimir Klitschko. And Klitschko fought an aggressive fight 
more than I mean the last time I saw him fight that aggressive was against Pulov. So uh, I, I'm I'm happy with what I'm seeing in Anthony Joshua, and in my opinion, he's clearly the best heavyweight uh, in the world today. Like I said, I'm not doubting. I'm not saying he won't end up being the king of that division. For all I know, he'll surpass Vladimir. He'll even surpass Lennox. Time will tell, but it's still too early. Even though, and you say it all the time, and as much as you hate to say it, and as much as I hate to say it, truth of the matter is, we have world champions that are still developing in this era because world champions are made too soon. Title belts are easy to get. Sometimes you drive by a local dollar store and you see two for one. I'm pretty sure last week I went by a family dollar and they had WBA belts, two for one, 75% <laughs> off if you buy three. I don't know. The point of the matter is Anthony Joshua is still developing. And what happens when these guys are still developing? Vladimir Klitschko is a perfect example. He was knocked out by a journeyman when they swore Vladimir Klitschko was just ready to take over the division and be the king. Lennox Lewis, same thing happened to him. He was knocked out by an Oliver McCall. It's still too early to tell what happens with Anthony Joshua. He's on the right path, but we just have to see what happens next. That's my opinion. It's nothing personal against him. It's just I'm not buying into it just yet. What's your thoughts, Sal? I'm listening to Dax, and I, I see his position and his points, and they're valid. And and uh, can't I can't doubt what he says is, is what he feels in his heart. And you know, uh, many times we have these these guys that are uh, touted and coming up. I I also like to look at the facts, and and as you and I have said, we uh, we see we see greatness in Anthony Joshua because of uh, his dominance thus far in his early career, short career. Uh, but I, I do think, you know, right now, with what you have as a whole, as contenders, in my opinion, Anthony Joshua is the best one out there. And uh, I think if he were to fight Deontay Wilder, uh, although Wilder has a good jab, can move and this and that, you know, Joshua, I think, could be the stronger fighter uh, when they do meet in uh, exchange, in range, a little bit of the punches. He's not a small guy on either end, both of them. So um, it, it, it would be a good fight. And I still think that Anthony Joshua is a heavyweight champion for a reason right now because he's the best one out there. And I think he'd be willing to face anybody that would want to uh, enter the ring with a battle with him. Hey, hey, Dax, I, I know uh, you look like uh, you're going to grab your, your, your camera by the throat and shake it around a little bit, but uh, um, what's next What's next for uh, um, Anthony Joshua, in your opinion? I mean, you know, we'll, I, I know what we all want. You know, we all want to, you know, have everybody's pounding their chest saying who the best guy is and everything right now, but, but who would you like to see Anthony Joshua fight next? He can't take a step backwards at this point. No. It's impossible. If he takes a step backwards at this point, everything that he's worked for so far is going to be detrimental. I look at it like this. It's a good thing for him in the division, the era of the heavyweights that he's in right now. If this was the 1990s, it would have been a different story. I always think of ferocious Fernando Vargas in points in times like this. Fernando Vargas told me personally one time in a conversation just before his fight with Ricardo Mayorga, you know what my team did to me? They shortened my career. They ruined my career. They shortened my lifespan in terms of a fighter 
they actually robbed me of my legacy by putting me in too tough. Right now, Anthony Joshua, he has nothing but tough to go. When Fernando Vargas stated that, he meant considering the fact you went from Yoriboy campus to Ike Corte to Winky Wright and so on. Anthony Joshua right now, all he has is Deontay Wilder, he has Joseph Parker, he has a, uh, a Pulev, and perhaps maybe um, you know some of the guys over in uh, Sweden, uh, Hellenius, who I don't think would give him much of a trouble. But again, he can't take that step backwards, and Anthony Joshua has to just keep getting better and better. Anything short now, fans are automatically going to turn against him, and they're going to say, now he's cherry-picking. They did it to Floyd Mayweather. They'll do it to Anthony Joshua. No, that's a good point. Good point, um, Dax. Hey, hey Dax, uh, uh, what's your thoughts on the uh, uh, Alvarez, uh, Ramon uh, Alvarez and Omar uh, Chavez, the fight? I mean, it was a rematch. Uh, you know, uh, now it went back to, uh, you know, Chavez won the fight. Uh, in addition to the fight itself, do you think it's going to have any bearing on the fight that's coming up this week? And obviously we'll have way uh, more time to, to chat about uh, Canelo against uh, Junior. Uh, later in the week as as the fight gets closer but from that perspective from the brothers they're trying to make it like is this a revenge fight is it you know is it a, a changing of the guard is this a, a kind of a preview of what we're going to see uh, this weekend I mean what was your thoughts on that whole situation I don't think so at all actually you know um, both the uh, both Chavez and Alvarez those two brothers really they're, um, they're relevant in maybe their divisions, they're relevant to their promoters, they're relevant to their fans, but as far as the overall picture of the sport, they're really not relevant. And truth be told that Chavez Jr. and Canelo Alvarez, those are guys who are in a total different level, and these really, you know, it, it's not one of those things where they have been vocal about it themselves, so I don't think it's going to have any bearing about what's taking place here. It's not the first time that Canelo has faced somebody who has beaten one of his brothers, I believe that um, Rigoberto has been beaten by a couple of former Canelo opponents. Dax, uh, one last thing for you. Um, I, I know you're the so our social media guy. What's been going on in social media in terms of the Anthony Joshua Klitschko fight? Is there anything uh, uh, that's out of at a at a touch of the, to reality? I mean, is uh, what what's being said? Well, first of all, Vladimir Klitschko finally is getting a lot of the respect that he deserves. People that I've seen for years, whether it's social media people, whether it's genuine media people who have always been anti-Klitschko, suddenly have this new respect for him. Suddenly they are admitting and saying, you know what, he's an all-time great. You know, just because of the way he picked himself up off the canvas, you know, it really showed how good he is. Sal and I were talking after our issues on Saturday night I said, you know, I don't know why a lot of people are surprised he got up off the canvas after that first knockdown. Obviously, they forget what happened in the first Sam Peter fight. And Sam Peter, who I believe at that point in time was a better pure puncher than Anthony Joshua was, and Vladimir came back to win that. So the fans right now have put Vladimir Klitschko on another level. Why? Even though he lost, he showed true heart at 41 years old. Now, on the other hand, some people are starting to question not Anthony Joshua's performance, but they're starting to question a little bit of how the marketing is done. Considering Lucas Brown, he didn't make any comments on whether or not he'd beat either one if they fought, but he did bring up a valid point. How come when Tyson Fury beat Vladimir Klitschko, 
they said Vladimir Klitschko was done. Tyson Fury beat a washed-up champion. Now, all of a sudden, Anthony Joshua beats him, and Vladimir's never looked better in his whole career. How can this be? It's kind of a catch-22. These are also a lot of the reasons why the sport frustrates me. If anything, though, this fight really did put the heavyweight... You know, it you know put this division really right back up on the top where it needed to be, where it was a year ago, a little bit over a year ago, after Tyson Fury had beaten Vladimir Klitschko before he took his hiatus, and everybody was excited. Now we have that excitement again because of all these possible matchups, minus Tony Bello going in against anybody, irregardless of Tony Bello's comments of "I just beat the boogeyman of the division." I didn't know that David Hay was a boogeyman. Listen, you know, it's pretty simple why Klitschko is getting more credit now. And I'll speak from my own self. The truth of the matter is, is the nature of how he fought the fight, guys. And the truth of the matter is, is that he fought exciting. We said this last week, and Dax, you and I have talked about it a million times. If Vladimir Klitschko fought the way he fought Saturday night or fought the way he fought Cuba Pulov for his entire career... No one that's ever watched the sport of boxing could conceivably say that he wasn't an all-time great. I think that his style, his boring style, up until Saturday, um, it was one of the reasons why. Now, as far as the Tyson Fury win, my, my opinion on that is there was no exclamation. Yes, and, and I'm a fan of Tyson Fury. I like him. I followed him for his whole career. The truth of the matter is, is he won the fight. There's no question about it. But... He won it by decision. The difference between, and, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but the decision that took place on Saturday with Anthony Joshua stopping Klitschko, and especially the way he did it, it answered a lot of questions for both fighters. Number one, Klitschko does have a solid chin. No human being, most human beings, would never have been able to take the punishment that Vladimir Klitschko took throughout the fight, not only just at the end, but he was taking some hellacious shots. And the same thing can be said from Anthony Joshua. Anybody that questioned his chin, including myself, that answer was there. You know, he needs to learn to hold on a little bit when he's hurt. Maybe his conditioning uh, needs a little work. Uh, he did get that second win, but he was hanging by uh, not even a thread in, in that round where uh, Klitschko came back. So, uh, yeah, I think the exciting fashion in, in which the fight took place uh, really answers uh, the questions. Before you respond, Dax, what do you think, Sal? I think you're right. I mean, we wanted to see the heavyweight division uh, back on top as far as excitement and showcase, and this fight was just that. And you cannot take away the uh, the heart, passion, and the desire that was uh, displayed Saturday evening from both fighters. And that's what fighting is all about. You know, Klitschko... Uh, the down warrior, uh, he, he showed the heart and fire of a champion, and he was a, he fought an exciting fight, uh, especially to what we've seen from Klitschko in the past. So it was uh, it was a good showcase on the whole uh, uh, spectrum as far as where the heavyweight division is today and what the future of the heavyweight division could look like tomorrow. Dax, what do you think? I think Vladimir Klitschko, and I've said this for years, Vladimir and Lennox Lewis are exactly the same fighter. And, of course, that credit goes to Emmanuel Stewart. Emmanuel, in those last six or seven years of his life, his career, was a genius at rebuilding guys and turning them into these almost unbeatable forces. It didn't matter what division they were in. You know, in terms of Klitschko and in terms of 
Lewis, what he did was, a lot of times people thought their style was boring, but you know what? It wasn't that they couldn't fight a different way. It's just he knew exactly what they needed to do and utilize their size to make it where they were almost impossible to beat. The only time they lost is when they either overestimated their opponents or they really didn't come in shape for those fights. Uh, Klitschko, for example, when he lost to Hasim Rothman, didn't come to South Africa, never uh, acclimated to the uh, altitude, and he got knocked out. But, you know, in the long term, though, when those guys did decide to let their hands go and did fight, they really did do exactly what you would expect of a heavyweight. Vladimir Klitschko, you and I have spoke about this many times. One of the most devastating punches and most devastating forces where I sat there and watched it, and I still see this fight occasionally, is when he fought Ray Mercer. Ray Mercer, who was always known to have a great chin in his prime. I remember when Vladimir Klitschko let loose that famous one-two combination of his, and Ray Mercer goes down almost in a Joe Frazier-type fashion when the first time George Foreman hit him. And Ray Mercer looks up, and he just pauses. He looks at the referee, and he stands up, and he turns, and he just shook his head and goes like this, almost as if he didn't want to fight anymore because he just said to himself, what did I just get hit by? The fight didn't last much longer. But Vladimir Klitschko, once he suffered that next loss and he went with Emmanuel Stewart, his style changed. But Vladimir Klitschko, that's what makes a great fighter, and that's why he's a great fighter and will go down as an all-time great, like a Lennox Lewis, because he was always able to reinvent himself. Unfortunately, at 41 years old, he suddenly got this revitalization that we've seen on Saturday night. And what happened was he was 41 years old. When you're on top for so long and you're beating guys so easily and you're dominating for so long, all of a sudden you have the money, you have the fame, you have no challenges, you have a beautiful wife, you have a beautiful child, you lose that hunger. And that's what happened to Vladimir Klitschko, in my opinion, for the last seven, eight, nine fights of his career. He was just more or less going through the motions. He didn't have that hunger and desire anymore. And that's why a lot of people just seen Vladimir Klitschko go in there and do his job. It's like that guy that wants to go in, punch the clock, get the day done, punch out, and go home. Except they're not the heavyweight champion of the world, and they don't quite have the expectations that we expect of a heavyweight champion. Good point. I think that uh, Klitschko definitely uh, was up for this fight, and, and we saw the best uh, Klitschko we could get. But uh... One last question for you. Over in the U.K., they, this was a pay-per-view. This was free here on Showtime and HBO. I was speaking to Patrick Hyland, who said, you know, it's the same thing over there. A lot of times we watch fights for free that you guys get charged for. It did 1.5 million views, which is great. But, you know, unfortunately, as I was stating before, this leaves Anthony Joshua no room to sit there and have an easy night or a bad performance if they keep putting this on pay-per-view. Do you think that this is something that's going to help or hurt his career, or is this just more or less the same exact greed over there as we see here, and it's just the promoters being a promoter? I think it's promoters being promoter, but I also think that Anthony Joshua, you could say what you want, but he's arrived. I mean, he's a star. He's a big star, especially over there, but I think he is here now too. But uh, Hey, Dax, we'll be looking forward to you. Later in the week, my man. So uh, thanks for your insight, and uh, hopefully you've got some time to join us uh, as the week grow goes on. Absolutely, everybody. Enjoy your Monday. All right, Thank man. You, That's Dax Khan. You can check out his column up on BillyCBoxing.com. Uh, and uh, along with that, check out my man Coach uh, from uh, uh, Strictly Business Boxing uh, as well. Hey, one thing I want to mention, Sal, and then we got to take a break here, is that uh, Dax uh, uh, mentioned about uh, Ray Mercer, 
You know, I talked to Ray Mercer uh, many times, not only uh, when we were all together at your place, but uh, many times I've talked to Ray, and, you know, I've always asked him, you know, what his biggest regret was in the sport of boxing. And he told me the exact fight that Dax just referred to. He said his wow. biggest regret, regret was the Klitschko fight. And the reason why he regretted it so much is that he said he did not train for it, that he basically thought that uh, Klitschko had a weak chin and he was going to go in and make quick work of it. And he said if he could go back in time, that's the only fight that uh, he would want to go back and, and give another shot for. Uh, he felt that uh, he wasn't even at 60% for that fight. So interesting that Dax uh, brought that up. Wow. Quick thoughts? i got to take a break. What did you think? Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, Ray, uh, for, for him to say that, I'll tell you, it, it, it's going to haunt him the rest of his life on that level. And I know what he's talking about because we all have our demons a little bit here and there. And and uh, we always think about that one opportunity or one fight that we didn't, didn't uh, uh, have go our way the way it should have. But we had prepared a plan or done things just a little different. So uh, that would be a haunting statement from him, and it was and. And, uh, you know, Ray, Ray was, was a great fighter and uh, loved talking with him about some of the things you just discussed when he was at the pizzeria. And we did have that great night of fights. Uh, well, it was a Mayweather-Pacquiao fight that night. But uh, that's interesting. That's an interesting comment. That's something, you know, that, that you should never take for granted. No. You enter the ring of battle right. prepared to go the distance. That's what every fighter needs to know and needs to prepare for that's what you're paid for. That's what you give your fans. That's what you give yourself. So you do not have that second doubt, and you do not have that regret. Because you can never, never take an opponent lightly. Because you never know. On any given night, it could be that other opponent, that opponent's night. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, listen, we got to take a short break. When we come back, uh, we got some uh, sports scores for you. I got some emails to read. All of that stuff uh, is uh, coming up in about two. Morning Show. We'll be right back. Have you heard? Proactive Plus is faster and better than ever. Stay tuned for a million bottle giveaway and you'll also receive free shipping. Do you have troubled skin? Acne? Well, we have great news. With Proactive Plus, your acne can heal and you can help prevent new breakouts from happening. Don't miss this limited time offer. Give us a call at 800-567-0214 because we're going to let a million people try Proactive Plus risk-free and get two free gifts and also receive free shipping when you call right now. You heard it. This offer won't last long. So call Proactive Plus now and you'll receive a 60-day risk-free trial of Proactive Plus, two free extras, and free shipping. Call 800-567-0214. This is our exclusive radio offer, never on TV. Get your risk-free 60-day trial of Proactive Plus with free shipping. That's right, free shipping. Don't wait. Call 800-567-0214. That's 800-567-0214. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now, back to the Billy C Morning Show. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. 
you're listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us today. And uh, don't forget, if you take the time to drop me an email, Billy at Talkin Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. I'll take the time to read it. Like, uh, we're going to read a couple of emails here in a second, Sal, but uh, some bad news for New York baseball fans, and I'll get to that in a second. Uh, But first, in the uh, NBA playoffs, uh, the Celtics start their new uh, series with the Wizards, and they took a one to nothing uh, lead in that series. They beat the Wizards yesterday, 123-111. to uh, Over in uh, the West, we had... Uh, the Jazz uh, going, forcing a game seven with the, well, actually the Clippers forced a game seven with the Jazz. The Jazz came out on top to win that series. Uh, 104 to 91 was uh, the score of that game. And the Jazz uh, took seven games, but they move on. Over in the NHL, uh, the Nashville Predators topped the Blues three to one. They take a two to one uh, lead in that series. And the Ducks, quack, quack, from Anaheim. They beat the Edmonton Oilers 6-3. to The Oilers lead that series, so the Ducks, quack, quack, are uh, still uh, trying to uh, find their way, but uh, nonetheless, it's still alive over in the NHL. Now, Major League Baseball, the Yankees, uh, who have been one of the hottest teams in baseball, they drop uh, uh, to the Orioles yesterday 7-4 to in 11 innings. The Blue Jays topped the uh, Rays 3-1. to The Indians over the Mariners 12-4. to the Tigers over the White Sox, 7-3. to The Marlins beat the Pirates, 10-3. to The Brewers over the Braves, 4-3. to The Astros over the A's, 7-2. to The Twins topped the Royals, 7-5. to uh, The Reds over the Cardinals, 5-4. Angels over the Rangers, 5-2. 12-inning game, the Padres beat the Giants, 5-2. to The Dodgers, they beat the Phillies, 5-3. to The Diamondbacks beat the Rockies, 2-0, 13 innings. The Red Sox beat the... Uh, World Series champions, 6-2 to two over the Cubs. And the New York Mets. God, it's tough being a Mets and Jets and Nets <laughs> fan. But the New York Mets lost to the Nationals in what was one of the most horrific performances I've ever seen. And boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, sit down for this score, especially if you're a Mets fan. Actually, if you're a Mets fan, anybody that cares for you should have already taken away any sharp objects, uh, weapons, and shoelaces because the Mets lost to the Nationals 23, and no, no, it's not a typo, 23 to 5. And uh, I had tuned into that game, Sal, and I heard the announcer. It was 10 to 5 when I tuned in, and the announcer says, "Ah, it's 10 to 5. It's actually a closer game than you might think. And then next thing you know, (laughs) 23 to 5. What a pathetic uh, professional baseball team the New York Mets are. And they just keep getting hurt and hurt. They're fragile. They're made out of tinfoil, Sal. Paper champions. Paper champion. That's uh, that's a good way of saying it. They're made out of paper, you know. But I got some emails. First one is from Joel. Joel says, uh, "Hey Billy C, I seriously enjoyed the Joshua Klitschko fight on Saturday night. One of the best heavyweights I've seen since I've become a fan. What do you and Sal think is immediately next for both Joshua and Klitschko? Do you see uh, them both facing off in a rematch sometime later this year? Do you see Klitschko retiring?" Uh, On the Deontay Wilder situation, do you ever think Wilder will face a serious top heavyweight like him to unify the titles, or will Wilder continue 
to face lower-level opponents in Alabama where he can bang his chest and call himself the best. He says, on a funny side, when Wilder and Bellew got into an argument last week in person, it was kind of funny to think Bellew has a better resume at heavyweight after one opponent in David Hay than Wilder's entire list uh, of opponents. Um, Sal, I'll let you respond first uh, before I do. What's your thoughts on uh, uh, Joel's email? Well, of course, you know, I, I, the first fight I'd like to see would be Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua for the heavyweight championship of the world and the unification of those belts. Um, but now you just throw in a good mix. If Klitschko, maybe it's time for him to retire. He's had a legacy of a career. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. That's without saying or without doubt. Uh, tremendous, tremendous athlete and class act across the board. So him retiring at this stage is, is very acceptable and, and very likely. However, now I'm, I'm thinking, what would uh, it take uh, and what do you think would happen if uh, now Deontay Wilder not only gets the opportunity to challenge the winner, but maybe at first he'd like to challenge the loser at this fight and ask Vladimir Klitschko if he'd like to come in and fight for his title. I don't know. That could be an interesting scenario. And... Uh, then with the winner fighting again, Anthony Joshua, in uh, would, would be a rematch if Klitschko should beat Deontay Wilder, or it would be the Deontay Wilder showdown against uh, Anthony Joshua finally. It's an interesting scenario. Love it. Love it, yeah. Sal. Sometimes, you, you're, sometimes you really amaze me. You, you come up with something really good. I, I agree <laughs> with you. I think that Deontay Wilder should fight Klitschko. I think yeah. that that would give Klitschko. I think that I, I, I got to give you a, a, a round of applause. That that is uh, that's the answer. You know, I, I think that that I, I mean, I mean, listen. The bottom line is simple. You know, if, if Vladimir Klitschko wants to continue his career, he would need to beat somebody substantial to make a rematch worthwhile against uh, against Anthony Joshua. Deontay Wilder hasn't fought anybody of note, and should he beat Klitschko, now you could say, hey, you know, Wilder's not just pounding his chest. He just beat a guy that uh, that has held on to uh, uh, a, a title for a decade. So, no, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, I, as far as, uh, uh, you know, the, the comment about David Hay, listen, I, you know, Deontay Wilder, uh, I, I'm critical of his resume, but let me make no mistake. David Hay was a fraud from from his whole career as a heavyweight. So I'm not going to give um, that much credit to Tony Bellew for beating David Hay. David Hay looked like, uh, you know, uh, he didn't even look like he knew anything about boxing in the Tony Bellew fight. So, um, no. And, and if Wilder fights Bellew, you know, a guy in Wilder who keeps talking about how he wants to prove he's the best, he just continually fights these guys that mean uh, Tony Bello is is a cruiserweight. He's not he's not even a great cruiserweight to be honest with you. Yes, he beat David Hay, but to fight Wilder? Are you kidding me? No, I would like to see Wilder. I think Sal just hit it on the head. If I think it's a, it's a big round if. Robin. No, it's a big if. If 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 that's a big yeah. if. Klitschko wants to continue his career. I think rather than go right after uh, uh, you know, a rematch with, with Anthony Joshua, which was, I, honestly I don't think is justified. I mean, Joshua knocked him out. 
he needs to beat Wilder. Now, all of a sudden, if he beats Wilder, he's got a belt. And, and we could yes. do another unification, you know. Yes. Uh, that's the answer, Sal. Great job with that. As far as uh, what I think is next for both, I think Anthony Joshua, um, you know, I, listen, he's got some big names to fight. If he wants to unify all the belts, he has to fight Wilder. He has to fight Joseph Parker or the winner. Uh, I know he's fighting, uh, uh, again, he's fighting uh, Con, uh, Kanjanu, uh, the winner of that fight. You know, so, yeah, he could fight that. Uh, Luis Ortiz is another one uh, that I would love to see him fight. There is, believe it or not, the WBA, despite them constantly telling us uh, that they are, uh, uh, you know, trying to unify their own belts, there is a fight for an interim belt between Shannon Briggs and um, uh, Frezzaquendo, uh, so he could technically fight the winner of that. Uh, listen, uh, from this point forward, just like Dax said, uh, Anthony Joshua now has to fight the top guys. So whether they have a belt or not, and and nobody can criti. Hey, listen, Frezzaquendo against Shannon Briggs is for a title. No one can criticize Anthony Joshua for fighting the winner because they are a champion. Same thing with Joseph Parker against uh, Kajonu. You know they can't criticize him that. What they can criticize is if he fights uh, an Eric Molina like uh, like Deontay Wilder does. You know, or a, a Johan Duapaz, like a, a Deontay Wilder does. Or a Tony Bello, like Deontay Wilder wants to. You know, that's where the criticisms will come in, just like we're critical of Deontay Wilder. Uh, thanks for the email, Joel. We got another one. This was from my man, Rick. He says, what up, Billy C. and Sal? What a great fight on Saturday. I have to admit I was streaming it on my cell phone, so the feed was a bit choppy. He says, Klitschko surprised me, though, and showed me way more heart and excitement than I thought he was capable of. I agree, agree with you, Billy C. Anthony Joshua is clearly the top dog right now, and I don't see anyone beating him anytime soon. He does look vulnerable at times, however, and that'll make uh, any of his opponents dangerous, which is a good point. Uh, he says, I really would like... And, and the heavyweight division... Every opponent is dangerous, even even the bums that Deontay Wilder fights. Uh, you know, they still can uh, punch and knock any of us out. Uh, he says, I would really like to see Joshua fight Wilder uh, way more than I want to see him fight that bum, Fury. Fury, you know, he's not really a bum. And, and again, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Klitschko fights Fury in his first fight back, uh, if Fury comes back. Uh, or maybe he fights a layup and then that fight. Anyway. He says, as for Klitschko, he looked uh, better than I can remember in a while, but he also uh, isn't very accurate. He telegraphs punches, he threw sloppy shots, and he missed a lot. I think he landed a couple of nice uppercuts close, but he also never bothered to work Joshua's body. I disagree with Rick here, Sal. Uh, I think that uh, Vladimir Klitschko uh, didn't work the body at all. Uh, a couple of shots he threw. But I do think that when he, although he's economical with his punches, he's extremely accurate. His jab was giving Joshua some problems, and he has a tendency to keep that right hand, that power right hand, cocked and ready to throw. And when he sees an opening, he lands it. So I, I disagree with uh, my man Rick here. He says, you know, it's too bad that Klitschko didn't have more fights like this one. He probably wouldn't have held the titles as long, but he could have had some exciting rivalries, and the heavyweight division could be alive and well. It's exactly what I've been saying. Should he have fought like this, and I do believe he still would have won the fights that he won, uh, I, I do think that if he would have fought uh, on an exciting note like he did this past Saturday night, 
there would be a lot more respect for Vladimir Klitschko. Nonetheless, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, whether he fights again or not. And finally, he says, as for Joshua, let's get this fight with Wilder and get another USA versus uh, UK heavyweight rivalry going for the new millennium. What's your thoughts on this email, Sal Rocky Senicola? I love it. I, I think it was a good email. And, you know, I was, I was a little disappointed. I thought, I thought I'd see a little more infighting from uh, Vlad uh, on the inside. And, and, you know, as I used the term, jockeying for, for uh, position a little bit, I thought he... He didn't give the the body attack uh, as as I thought he would, and which made uh, him vulnerable to more of the uh, you know the the, the size and, and the, the power of, of Anthony Joshua. I mean, the the uppercuts were devastating. I, you know, I haven't seen uppercuts like that uh, being thrown or landing since uh, Mike Tyson, um, and they were devastating. And don't you doubt that 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 is going to be one of uh, Anthony Joshua's trademarks going forward forever uh, is that uppercut coming out of nowhere and wham, lifting your head up like a rock and sock and robot. But uh, overall, I think, you know, we uh, we definitely uh, had an opportunity, a great fight here, and uh, we're just going to see how the cards play out now with this little round robin that they could do putting these top headweights together in a ring. I, I tell you what, I mean, uh, the left hook and, and uh, uppercut by Klitschko, I mean, by uh, Anthony Joshua's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, a couple of uh, really potent shots, and and when he gets that that attack mode going, I mean that's that's what gave Klitschko trouble. The, the, you know, then the conditioning issue uh, when he ran out of gas in that in that round. But the truth of the matter is, when he came out, guns a blare, and you know oh, Klitschko man. just had no answer for him. And and, and I don't know no. if any heavyweight would, to be honest with you. He cert- listen, Deontay Wilder. Th- th- you could take it from me. Deontay Wilder will not see the final bell should he ever grow the hairs on his you-know-whats uh, to step in the ring with Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua is the best heavyweight on the planet right now. Uh, to me, there's no no doubt about that, Sal. Well, you know, it's so funny, Billy. We, I think you're referring to the fifth round because on the onset of that fifth round, when Anthony Joshua came out, all business of moving forward, effective aggressiveness with guns a blazing. I said, Oh my goodness, how is Klitschko going to make it through this round? Fortunately for him, it was the conditioning factor, and uh, Anthony Joshua almost punching himself out in that fifth round because he came out there like no, no tomorrow and guns a blazing and forward like a locomotive train. And I, I don't see too many heavyweights. Uh, sustaining and, 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 and being able to take care of, of, of that kind of onslaught from another big heavyweight like Anthony Joshua. No, I, listen, kudos to both the guys uh, for sure. Yeah. One last email. Uh, this one's from my man Jeff from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Uh, he says, uh, hey, Billy C., just some thoughts on a great heavyweight fight. You know, I, I, listen, most people that I've talked to uh, since Saturday that I've received emails from, uh, you know, personal emails, uh, just uh, discussions I've seen, comments I've seen on social media. I mean, the masses all agree that it was a great fight. And uh, my man Jeff from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, says, just some thoughts on a great heavyweight fight. Both fighters fought with heart and courage. I was proud to see Klitschko not just show up for a payday, but came in tip-top shape to challenge the young lion. Hey, just for me to add to that, this guy was was ready for this fight. He He... Uh, th- there's no way he showed up for a payday, and I think that he's genuinely no. disappointed and, and you know, rethinking 
what he should do. But the truth of the matter is, is if Vladimir Klitschko fought the same way he fought Anthony Joshua against anyone else in the heavyweight division uh, on Saturday night, he comes out the victor. There's no question. I, Deontay Wilder can't beat him. I don't even think Tyson Fury could have beaten that version of Vladimir Klitschko. That version of Vladimir Klitschko on Saturday night was virtually unbeatable uh, by anyone except Anthony Joshua. And, the, and, and let's make no mis mistake. The reason why Anthony Joshua won that fight was because of the age difference. And I don't think that there's anybody else in boxing that possess the skills that AJ has right now uh, combined with youth. And therefore, the end result is what we saw. Anyway, he says, uh, we knew both uh, are tremendous punches and that any one punch could spell the end. Much of the excitement was generated because we were always wary of what might happen to either fighter. I'm sure youth definitely came into play for Joshua and his second win, but I believe what made the ultimate difference was that Joshua began to vary his attack, head, body, etc. Um, and I agree with that, uh, too. And, and, and the other thing I agree with this uh, email was I was on the edge of my seat, Sal. I'm sitting there, and, and I was like, oh, my God, you know, it's Klitschko going to knock him out. And, and like you, I started pulling a little bit for Klitschko, too. You know, I mean, uh, everybody loves the underdog, you know, but... Uh, uh, anyway, he says the finishing shot was that uppercut that, frankly, uh, Klitschko was not defending against because it had not been yep. coming all night. If I have any criticize, criticize, criticize if, if I have any, he said he wrote criticized here, criticism. Uh, but right. uh, criticism, he's the word he wanted. Criticism is the word you wanted, uh, Jeff. He says, if I have any criticism of Klitschko over the years, it was uh, not his conditioning heart. Uh, hit and grab, it was my frustration with his constant head hunting. Klitschko missed frequently on left hooks and right hands because Joshua was aware they were coming and knew they were uh, would be nothing else to concern himself with. Uh, in the 6th and 7th rounds, uh, had Klitschko gone to the body and then up to the top of the head, he probably would have finished Joshua off. My respect to Joshua, he weathered that storm and uh, varied his punches a great heavyweight fight. You know, the one thing that uh, they better be teaching Anthony Joshua uh, as soon as he gets back into the gym is, God forbid you're ever trouble again, AJ, hold. <laughs> you know, he's standing there, uh, you know, ready to fall forward. And if you're that tired, maybe take a knee, regain your breath or something. You know, I mean, what he did was so dangerous. And, and you know, I, he was hanging by a thread. And, and if Klitschko still wasn't a little hurt himself, clearly would have finished him off. He says, a side note, am I the only one that feels that Klitschko essentially trains himself? Uh, I really believe the camera, the corners came into play as well, and Klitschko needs a more lively force instructing him between rounds. Hey, no arguing with success, but this has been my opinion. The Showtime announcers once again were over the top for Joshua. I love your show, and a thank you for the best boxing show out there. Uh, um, in this business, you can tell that you put your heart and soul into each broadcast. You are my boxing fix. Well, thanks for the email, Jeff. Wow, thank you. And uh, uh, the truth of the matter is, is uh, the Showtime announces are the L Listen, why they have Mauro Ronaldo uh, as their main guy uh, on Showtime is beyond me. He is the absolute worst uh, with his stupid, stupid comments. I mean, he destroys the broadcast. Here's Showtime is, you know, kicking it up a notch and clearly taking over here in the States anyway as a premier cable network uh, featuring uh, uh, professional boxing. And, and you got 
you know, Paulie Malignaggi, who's who's a, a little girly man, but still he's a very knowledgeable. And uh, Al Bernstein, the best uh, uh, boxing broadcaster uh, alive today. And then Mario Ronaldo. I mean, at least this guy is a cartoon character. He's a joke. And I, personally, I, I never listened to him. Uh, but uh, what's your thoughts uh, on that and uh, the uh, email? I mean, I, I thought that Klitschko was kind of accurate with his punches when he threw him. Uh, I think that AJ, uh, like Dax has pointed out, uh, still needs to uh, uh, improve and, and, and develop himself. Uh, but uh, overall, I mean, how do you how do you complain about a knockout win over over arguably the best heavyweight for the last decade? No, you can't. And you know, it's funny because you look you look at two decades, three decades ago, uh, of course, with the Ali Frazier era and all that. Uh, you know, these guys had 60, 70 fights, and maybe they get a title fight in their fortieth fight and everything else. But you know, here we are today, where you're seeing. Uh, young champions with uh, under 20 fights, easy. And uh, this is the case with Anthony Joshua. As far as rah-rah and, 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 and you know, being in the corner, and, and yeah, I, I saw there were a couple times at Klitschko's corner. I wish, you know, I, I, I would love to be a cornerman one day and just to, just to view the fight and see the opportunities that maybe uh, my fighter could, could uh take upon himself to, to, to uh, make turn to his advantage and win a fight or so. And there were times where, exactly, you know, I saw Joshua dropping that left hand, and I was just praying that his, that uh, Klitschko's corner was going to say, just dump a right hand following that jab, because he's just sloppy and lazy with some of that jab. But it never happened. That trigger was never pulled. Whether it was age, whether it was just not the corner, uh, recognizing some things, or being the cheerleading crowd saying, keep getting a fight, got to do this, got to give him that, look at this. You know, some fighters don't really necessarily need that, do not respond to that, and uh, so that's why their corner may seem a little bit stoic and a little bit down. Uh, but uh, other fighters respond to that, and, and they feel the momentum, they feel the electrified uh, atmosphere, and, 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 and they do need that from other trainers and fighters. Uh, it's, it's interesting, though. Well... Uh, his train. I mean, listen. When he had uh, Emmanuel Stewart, well, Emmanuel. you know, yeah. And then when when yeah, Manny mean, when Manny passed away, um, you know, he he took uh, the, the the trainer. Now was uh, you know Manny's right hand man in the, in the gym, and uh, you know he's kind of working with him. But if if you did watch some of the uh, footage uh, in the corner, uh, you saw uh, uh, Vitali uh, in. Uh, uh, yeah. Vlad's ear. You, you didn't hear much, you know. Stitch Moran was working feverishly on on the cuts. Um, so yeah, uh, I think uh, Jeff is right. Uh, there was not that much uh, instruction, but we don't know. I mean, they didn't. We you know, the know. broadcast didn't have the mics in the corner the way uh, HBO Showtime does here in the states. Um, they were more glitz and glitter with with the broadcast show. But I'll tell you what, kudos to. Uh, uh, the, uh, the the broadcast team or the broadcasters, I think it was Sky Sports, that uh, gave us a, a gazillion different beautiful angles of the knockouts and the punches and stuff right. like that, which uh, uh, surely passed uh, uh, HBO and Showtime, that's for sure. But, I, you know, I, I didn't really hear much in the corner of uh, Anthony Joshua except a lot of rah-rah stuff, no. too, when the cameras were on. What, what did you think? No, and, and that's what I kind of interpreted anyway, and and saw it. and uh, you know I think I think each corner was 
trying to give their uh, fighter a little confidence and saying they're in the fight, uh, they're leading, they got to do this. But but like I said, it, it was you know it was uh, it was obviously effective for uh, both fighters to go that 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 distance into the fight. And um, you know I I just you know like I, I would put myself there and say what would I say? What would I do? What would I do to get my fighter? Uh, clear-headed in between rounds to focus on some things that might be uh, a, a benefit for him to follow in an instruction. And, you know, that, that's just me being an armchair quarterback and uh, being a cornerman. Hey, anybody that's watching live right now, and we're, we're getting some uh, pretty big numbers right now uh, uh, on our live uh, broadcast, um, come on over to the BillyCBoxing.com chat room. Uh, that's where we comment and uh, uh, discuss some stuff. I, I know there's several of the chat rooms out there. Uh, but uh, come on over to Billy C. Boxing Chat Room. We've got some great guys uh, in there and some of your comments. Uh, if we see them uh, get mentioned on the show, like Dax telling these stories about how I'm whipping out pom-poms at the Jermaine Taylor Carl Frott show at Foxwoods. I, I mean, it's totally a fabrication of, uh, of, of, of Dax. I mean, you know, I, it wasn't the case. I was stern. I was a man. I was standing there. And Dax kept, you know, totally in my ear preaching how great Lennox Lewis was. I was like, who is this guy? Next thing you know, uh, Dax is uh, joined to the hip with us here on, on Billy C. Boxing. But pom-poms, Dax, come on. It was a scotch I had, not pom-poms. Come on, come on. But uh, anyway, uh, some interesting uh, fights coming up, not only the big fight this weekend, Sal, but uh, t on Friday, Yuri Okaskambova, one of my favorite uh, fighters. Uh, and, and listen, we're working on some stuff right now. I, I have pulled all of the interviews we have uh, from the last 14 years. And a lot of, for a long time, I kept separating the interviews. So I have them, just that they're not labeled. But I have the very first interview with Yuri Orcas Gamboa when he swam over here on his coconut raft or however he got here. Um, he had to have an interpreter uh, telling us uh, uh, everything. And I have that first interview with him uh, in my archive. So we're, we're going to be putting those together uh, very soon and making them uh, available. Some great interviews. Uh, Andre Berto, when he was starting out, Danny Garcia, several interviews with him when he uh, was within his first five or six pro fights. Great stuff, great stuff. But um, Gamboa is fighting on Friday uh, against Robinson Castellanos. Uh, I can't get enough of Gamboa. I really can't. And, and I hope that he has got his career in the right direction. Any quick thoughts on that one, Sal? No, I think you're right, and uh, we'll, we'll see what, which direction he takes. And I think, you know, right now, he's on a charted course that uh, hopefully he won't deviate, and he'll uh, have his pathway uh, revealed to uh, to all the fans out here. Should be good. Yeah, no, it definitely should be. And just so you guys uh, know, it is this weekend, um, Saul Canelo Alvarez against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Uh, that fight will be taking place on pay-per-view. Uh, David Lemieux is on that uh, undercard. Lucas Matisse on that undercard. And Joseph uh, Jojo Diaz as well. Uh, listen, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk a little about the, these fights coming up. We'll give you some final thoughts on uh, our thoughts on uh, Anthony Joshua and Vladimir Klitschko. And uh, maybe some other stuff too. So uh, uh, we will be back in about, uh, I don't know, I'm going to say two minutes. Morning Show will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. 
or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts! Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now, back to the Billy C. Morning Show. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And uh, we're back. Right here on the Holyfield Television Network. And uh, we are glad to be part of uh, Holyfield TV's sports programming. And uh, stay tuned. We're going to be making some uh, more announcements on some other networks that uh, we're getting on uh, in the very near future. We haven't been sitting around, right, Sal? We haven't been sitting around uh, eating pizza at Sal's place. Uh, You know, we've been working hard at this, right? Behind the scenes. You've been been outlaying outlining a training program regiment that you've been uh, adhering to and we're we're getting ready to explode on the scene as world champions there you go and uh, you anyway go. <laughs> sal any final thoughts on the anthony joshua klitschko fight from your perspective from either fighter like you know where they go from here uh, the performance itself etc 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 well like i said you know this this was a great uh thing for the heavyweight division great fight and you, you saw the heart of two class acts, two world champions, uh, vying to be the best man that night. And each was eloquent with their compliment to each other and their sign-off with their speech or their words after the fight. And, you know, I, this this was boxing, and this was a confrontation that, uh, that was great for the heavyweight division. And where these fighters go from now, you know, like I said, we are looking at the heavyweight champion in in Anthony Joshua, and he's he has a high benchmark. This guy doesn't have a, a chance to look back or go go uh, down from uh, a lesser opponent than what we could see him facing. He's he's the best out there, and he's going to have to fight the top opposition that that can challenge him. Uh, and I would like to see Vladimir Klitschko either. Uh, retire and, and get on with his life and enjoy some things or like we just said in the scenario a little while ago it would be a hell of a fight and a little round robin action if we could see Vladimir Klitschko trying to fight Deontay Wilder for his belt and then the winner of that fight fights Anthony Joshua I would love to see that little round robin action right there I think uh, you're on to something I think that that fight would uh, have some significance uh, for show, so uh, I would, uh, I too would be uh, looking for that one. Um, and, and as far as my final thoughts, listen, I've said it a hundred million times. Anthony Joshua is the best heavyweight out there today. Um, we all know how this uh, sport goes. I mean, you're on the top one day, and the next day you, you're labeled a journeyman. Um, you know, Anthony Joshua right now is a young fighter. He's getting better and better. And just like Dak said a few moments ago, uh, he and I both agree. You know, we, we, we don't like to use the term developing once you're championing, but it's facts of facts of facts. And Anthony Joshua is developing still. Uh, that doesn't mean he should uh, uh, regress. Just like Dak said, and I agree with him. Uh, on that he needs to fight the the big fights the championship fights now we can't criticize him for fighting a guy like uh parker or or ortiz or or even the winner of fresa shannon briggs and the reason why i say that is because they are 
relevant uh, to the to the division. Uh, they got belts and so on and so forth. The, the Eric Molinas that he fought, or or uh, you know Kajanu, or or any of these other uh, fighters that are climbing the ladder. These are the kinds of guys that he cannot regress and fight. But with that said, I think that Anthony Joshua learned a hell of a lot on Saturday night against Vladimir Klitschko. And uh, we learned a lot about Klitschko. Uh, even though he's been in front of us for the last decade, we learned that this guy has tremendous heart. And uh, all the people that thought that he had a glass chin uh, were proven wrong. Because I don't know how many uh, human beings, let alone heavyweight fighters, could have withstood uh, the shots that Anthony Joshua landed, especially at the end there in, in the 11th round, that, that uppercut. And, and nobody described it better than Sal Rocky Senecola. It was like rock'em, sock'em robots. And if you're old enough to know what the heck a rock'em, sock'em robot was, uh, you know, you, you would uh, really appreciate the comment. Um, but uh, anyway, Anthony Joshua, best fighter in the heavyweight division today. I don't think he has trouble with uh, Tyson Fury. I don't think he has trouble with anybody. A a Deontay Wilder, he knocks out. Uh, Deontay Wilder will wake up, and he'll be still asking when the fight starts, and they're going to have to break it to, to Toro from harder they fall that he was just knocked the F out. The only guy that I see... Anthony Joshua possibly having some trouble with, honestly, and it all depends on which version shows up, is Luis Ortiz. Luis Ortiz, uh, at, when he's at his best, is a tough out. And he's a fighter that's got hand speed, he's got punching power, he's good defensively. Uh, that would make a great fight. I, I would like to see it. Sal, coming up this weekend, uh, we have a, a big fight. We've been talking about it a lot. I just want to give a, a touch on it here. Uh, Canelo, Saul Canelo Alvarez going up against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. We haven't heard much from Camp Chavez Jr. since Papa Chavez uh, was uh, vocally and publicly uh, upset with uh, Julio uh, for not uh, uh, being disciplined enough in, in, in his training, uh, showing up at times that he wanted, not when the trainers wanted. Uh, deciding not to train when he felt like he didn't, et cetera, et cetera. Since that public uh, uh, outcry uh, from Papa Chavez, we haven't heard a thing. At least I haven't. Uh, well. I still feel as strongly as I did when I started thinking about this fight. Uh, initially, like everyone, I said, oh, Canelo, oh, this is an easy fight. But then I started saying, wait a minute. This is not going to be an easy fight for Canelo. Their styles uh, are, are or actually, I think that the styles of both fighters fit better for Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I really think that this fight is going to be a lot harder than most people think. Uh, I think Canelo Alvarez is in a big fight. And I think if he does get by Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., credit has to be given to him. Because I have a feeling he's not. And I have a feeling that we're going to end up seeing Triple G against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., uh, I just have this strange feeling that an upset, uh, and it may be regarded as one of the biggest upsets ever uh, in the sport of boxing. Sal Rocky Senecola, what do you think, my man? Early yeah. early thoughts on this fight, because we'll be talking early a thoughts. lot about this fight later in the week. Early thoughts. You know, I, uh, I'm going to say that we have not heard one thing since Papa Chavez uh, said he was disappointed in what he saw his son displaying as far as commitment and training uh, ritual. And uh, 
I said then, could it be a facade? Could this all be part of the propaganda that camps do like the relief? I don't know. I heard from uh, John the other evening who said that uh, Chavez looks uh, looks emaciated. He looks like he's thin. Looks like he's been working out and overtraining. So who the heck knows what's happening in there? The bottom line is, if uh, Al Canelo Alvarez takes Chavez two legs, and the right Chavez shows up in that fight that night, I will anticipate you're going to see a big upset because this fighter, when he is on, he could be dangerous. He's a great body attacker. These fighters are going to be right in front of each other, and uh, it's going to be mano to mano, and and uh, we're going to see how the chins uh, prevail, and and uh, it could be a very very good fight, and uh, I am not going to be surprised if we see Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. beat Canelo Alvarez uh, Saturday night. In fact, I'm going to call the Las Vegas odds, and probably my money is going to be on Chavez because it's going to be probably a good uh, good chance to recoup some good good dollars if he should win. I, you know, I don't know why uh, someone told you that uh, Chavez uh, looked emaciated. I, I mean, he shouldn't. If he does, then th that's a problem. And, 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 but the, the reason why I say it's a problem is because if he was that overweight, remember, this fight is being contested at 164 and a half pounds. It's a, it's, a, it's a special weight. Obviously, it's not 168 but Chavez Jr., because of his lack of discipline, went up to super middleweight at 168. He weighs fight night of 180 pounds, 185 pounds. You know, he fought at light heavyweight. Remember, when he was in his heyday, when he was uh, being regarded as, as you know, a, a substantial force in boxing, he was a junior middleweight. He was making 154 pounds. And I think he even started out at a welterweight at 147. So, I mean, I, you know, and, he, and he's a mature kid. It's not like he's... You know, uh, you know, getting bigger and started out at, at 16 and, and now he's moving up because his body is, is filling out. Uh, so, so if he's looking terrible right now, that's not a good sign. That means no. that he's been working too much on trying to shed the weight. And if he, with all the time that these guys have had, Sal, I mean, they've, this fight has been in the works for months. If he's still working on losing weight, then it's not going to be a close fight. I got to believe that Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., um, whether he makes weight or not, see, that's a whole other uh, approach. That could be, you know, their plan, you know, forfeit whatever the penalty is in terms of money. And because uh, remember, there's no title on the line here. Yeah. Uh, so if he forfeited a, a certain amount of money, comes in overweight, Canelo Alvarez, there's too much money. It's a pay-per-view. He's not going to walk away from this fight. So, I mean, you know, the strategy here could easily be, Chavez Jr. coming in at 168 or even higher uh, just to make the fight. Uh, but that's a whole other ball game. You know, I think that Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. needs to make the uh, contracted weight to prove that he's uh, disciplined and ready to fight because some doors will open for him should he beat uh, Canelo Alvarez. Now, as far as fighting Triple G, Canelo has already said that his, you know, his fighting weight will be after this fight, 160 pounds, which, you know, finally, uh, he's, uh, he's, he's admitting that he's a middleweight. Uh, if Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. wins this fight, I'm not so sure that he could make 160 pounds uh, without looking like, uh, you know, he should be on a commercial uh, for food, uh, selling rice or something. But the truth of the matter is, is uh, I, I'm really looking forward to this fight. I mean, it's coming on the heels of an exciting heavyweight title fight that was exciting. 
uh, and the the ramifications around the heavyweight fight that we saw this weekend, and then it living up to the hype that we both said. Hey, make sure everybody realizes both uh, Sal and myself said that indeed it will live up to the hype. So for all those naysayers like Larry, wait till I get Larry on the phone, uh, who said it wasn't going to uh, live up to the hype. Uh, we both said it would. But I still believe that Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Uh, will have Canelo Alvarez right in front of him the way he needs him to be to be successful. Canelo Alvarez is going to try to uh, use his hand speed and boxing ability to take out Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. The problem here, Sal, is Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. has been hit by way bigger guys than, uh, than Canelo Alvarez. And I don't think that Canelo's got that punch, knockout punch one punch knockout power, especially when you got a chin like Chavez. What do you think? No, I think you're right on, and that's why it is a dangerous fight for Canelo Alvarez. Don't you think twice about it? I think if the right Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. shows up in that ring that night, he's going to give Canelo Alvarez all that he bargained for, and maybe too much that he can live with. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited about this fight, and you know, it was just about a year ago, Bill. You and I were talking how dismal or how bleak some of the fights seen from last year or even the year before and where boxing was. And I was just hoping and praying that my words of saying it was rebooting the whole caliber and stuff. We've been we've been fortunate enough to have some pretty darn good fights thus far in this first quarter of the year, first third of the year. Have we not? No, you're, you're 100% right. And uh, can you believe we're May, today's May 1st. Today's May first. I mean, I mean, you know, in another in another month, half of the year is going to be over already. You know, so I started saying the quarter of the year. Well, no, it's a third of the year. Yeah, it's almost a half. At the end, at the end of next month, it's going to be half over. You know, it's unbelievable. One other fight that's on this pay per view card, and and trust me, boys and girls, we're going to be talking about this all week, along with anything else that's happening in the sport of boxing, but and more and beyond. Don't forget, you know, we'll be talking. Uh, I'm sure the Mets will get slayed again that I can talk about. The NFL draft, you know, the NFL draft, you know, was kind of ho-hum. I mean, uh, you know, we'll have to see. I mean, it's a gamble, but, you know, that's why we didn't get into it much. But another couple of fights that I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm always, uh, likes to, I always like to watch Jojo Diaz. He's fighting on that uh, pay-per-view. Lucas Matisse, the return of Lucas Matisse. He's fighting a tough Emmanuel Taylor. But David Lemieux is coming off oh. of a fight recently. He's going to be on this card against Marco Reyes. And, uh, the, 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 you know, I, not that these guys are in with world beaters because David Lemieux, Matisse, and Jojo Diaz are all, you know, in with opponents they should beat. I'm not saying that they're going to be easy layup fights because I don't think they will, but they all should beat these guys. Uh, you clearly have an A side and a B side. However, the thing that interests me about David Lemieux is that David Lemieux uh, virtually took two or three days off from his last fight and got right back in the gym. And uh, some reports about his conditioning right now, Sal, say that he's in better shape than the last time we saw him, and that was pretty damn good when he knocked out uh, Curtis Stevens right in front of me. Uh, at the Turning Stone Resort and Casino. So uh, I'm excited about that fight as well. Your quick thoughts. You know, I'm a big David Lemieux fan. You know that. And uh, I'll tell you what we've seen with David Lemieux. And, you know, I have an old saying. It says a fighter is really only as good as his last fight because that's what we judge him on. That's just our human nature. And David Lemieux, his power in that division has becoming more and more prominent and evident. 
And uh, when he lays that right hand out there or some of those combinations, it's going to be lights out for many, many of his opponents. And uh, I just see Dave Lemieux uh, getting more confident and coming in better shape. They were even making some criti crit criticism on him. They thought he was a little thicker-skinned last time he was out. And you know what? He did look a little thicker than when I've seen him. But, you know, whatever his end result was, he, he knocked Curtis Stevens out cold. And, uh, yeah, I love David Lemieux. I'd like to see him get, get really back in the top mix. And he is fighting his way for sure to be uh, number one as well. Uh, and I think uh, Canelo Alvarez and uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., I, I think we have some great fights this weekend. And there's going to be great and we're going to see Triple G probably will be ringside. And, uh, you know, we're going to see, like I said, I use the term round robins. We're going to see all these, these the top three-tier fighters in the divisions of, of note that are going to be calling out on each other, and we'll see what happens. So it's, a, it's another great, exciting weekend to fight. No doubt. And uh, all I could say to the, to the powers that be in the sport, let's keep it coming, baby. Keep it coming. Let's keep it going. On this day. Uh, May 1st in boxing history on 2004, Kelvin Davis, his nickname was Concrete. Kelvin Davis knocks out Urza Sellers in the eighth round to win the vacant IBF World Cruiserweight title, and that took place in Miami, Florida uh, on this day in 2004. On this day in 1983, Edwin Rosario wins a 12-round decision over Jose Luis Ramirez to win the vacant WBC World Lightweight title. And that took place uh, in uh, uh, what did it take place? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't have it in front of me. Sorry. Uh, on this day in 1982, Santos Lacar uh, knocks out Juan Herrera in the 13th round to regain the WBA World Flyweight title, and that took place in Mexico. On this day in 1914, Harry Wills and Sam Lankford fight. There's a couple of big-time names in the sport, a fight to a 10-round draw in their fight that took place in New Orleans, Louisiana. Several newspapers picked Lankford and several picked Wills. Uh, that's when they couldn't render a, a decision. So uh, interesting uh, that that uh, fight ended in a draw in 1914. And finally, on this day, May 1st in 1957, the best ever. Sugar Ray Robinson knocks out Gene Fulmer in the fifth round to regain the world middleweight title uh, and, uh, and lost uh, that he lost to Fulmer on January 2nd. Uh, that fight was in New York City, and this one was in Chicago. So uh, Sugar Ray Robinson regaining uh, his world middleweight title on this day in 1957. Hey, Sal, do you got any final thoughts as we wrap it up today, I don't know. I'd have to dig deep to dig them out. No, Peter. Hey, you know what? It was it was a great show. I appreciate having the opportunity to be on here with you, Bill, and to all our fans out there and, and people that follow us. We love you too. And let me tell you something. I I'm, I'm just I'm still excited over what we saw Saturday night. I, I it was great, and I'm uh, gonna take that adrenaline to anticipate what we're gonna see this weekend. So I'm happy about that, pal. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, uh, we definitely uh, uh, got treated to a great fight, and, and and we shouldn't be so happy that we finally get a a, a, a you know a challenging fight and a, and a 
you know, competitive fight. I mean, that's the way boxing should be, especially at that level. Now, granted, I mean, you know, a lot of club shows and stuff on young fighters on their way up. I mean, you have to accept them. Uh, you know, fighting uh, calculated risk opponents and stuff. But what bothers me is when uh, you have a so-called champion, especially when a champion's pounding their chest, saying they're the best, and they're in there fighting uh, cupcakes, you know, and they're, they're throwing them down the way I eat, uh, you know, cookies, you know. So, uh, uh, no, I, 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 uh, uh, I'm happy that we had a competitive fight, and I hope uh, the sport of boxing uh, keeps it up. But anyway, listen, boys and girls, make sure you tune in tomorrow morning same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, ciao, baby.